Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby analysis and highlights and previews and opinion with Dan Power, Brian Ray, and Matt McCarthy. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City, Dan Power apparently in New York City, and Brian Ray at the National Library of Ontario. Uh, Brian, let's start with you. Sort through those tomes and tell us what, what's behind you there. Yeah, well, you know, my arrows had the week off, so I figured I should uh, brush up on my knowledge. This is actually my personal library here, uh, you know, secret uh, chamber in my house, so I'm just getting a little extra wisdom, uh, you know, just kind of brushing up. Knowledge is power, Matt. Knowledge is power. And speaking of power, we have Dan Power in front of a city that requires a lot of power. power. Just to get that backdrop. I had the pleasure of hanging out with our esteemed host this weekend. I was in his city. I was a guest in the greatest city uh, on earth or just in USA. I don't want to upset people up in Nova Scotia. Your choice. Your choice. But did we have a good time? Had a great time. Great time. I hear we had a good time. All right. Speaking of good times, we had a Wednesday night battle of the Titans. Dan, your Gilgronis against Brian's Giltinis. Did we settle on a name for this game, Matt? Was it? This is the the Gilchrist Bolini. Okay. Bolini. All right. Yeah. Uh, LA, good team. Austin, good team. It was a good game. Very defensive orientated game. Austin kind of tried to drag them into a New York style upset win there, but uh, LA looked good on the road there in Austin. I think that they'll be pretty happy with that because they grafted out a good victory there, but Austin played really well. So uh, Adam Gilchrist is the winner here, I guess. Rugby won. Rugby. Rugby. I thought Austin kind of. there's a decision they made just before halftime to take three points when they had a driving mall, got held up. I really thought they had uh, LA's number on that mall and the forwards. And, you know, you can kind of see where they're going at. They want to get points on the board before halftime. But I really thought they should have gone for a try then. And then we have a little bit of a different complexion at halftime. Instead, they got the three points, and that's the only points they got all game. In the second half, they just... Couldn't get anything going. You have to give credit to LA's defense. I don't know what uh, they made. I don't know a hundred and something tackles, and I think they missed like five. Uh, so just an absurd defensive performance from them. And uh, you know, tough luck for Austin. They used all their subs, and then Mo Abdelmanam, uh, my Canadian buddy, got his uh, hurt his knee. So they played the last ten minutes with only fourteen men. So it was over at that point. But uh, you know, it was, it was a good hard fought game. I mean, it looked like playoff rugby too. Good teams going at it, uh, and defense was definitely uh, at the forefront. The next one up was one that had us scratching our heads trying to figure out which team was what and who we thought they were and are the Utah Warriors going on the road into the gold mine, Brian. Yeah, uh, much better showing offensively from Enola this week. I actually think that Utah, uh, I think this game was there for the taking for them. They're kind of... Uh, mistakes were a little bit self-inflicted. Uh, Hagen Schulte made a line break and just dropped the ball cold. Uh, Mike Teo <laughs> picks up a loose ball and runs straight out of bounds. Uh, James Vifali tackles Tim Alpin in the air inexplicably. There's a yellow card. A couple bad line-out throws. I mean, just these little accuracy things. If they get those right, uh, you know, 
maybe they have enough to do this. I, I thought Nola had a few holes in defense, but they looked much better offensively. So, uh, you know, there was something there interesting to see. Kyle Rogers, who played uh, fly half in college, uh, stepped in the second half at number 10. for He started at fullback and then moved to number 10. So I thought that was an interesting move. Uh, certainly he's a, he's a big guy and he can take on the line. So that's uh, maybe something worth exploring for Nola. So off the line out, wasn't it Schulte that had to absorb the hit from... I think it was Pat O'Toole from the from the gold, Brian. Yeah, it just went straight to to Pat, and he just saw you know just went straight ahead, straight over him for the try. You know, you don't want your number ten to be in that position, having to stop a tight forward from that range. But Danny showed the courage, getting right in there. He, he did, and it's tough to adjust that quickly. He goes from his own line out where he's like. Yeah, we're good here. I'm just going to clear this ball out, or we're going to clear the ball out to Pat O'Toole. Uh, steam coming out of his nostrils, running straight at me. It's like, oh, make an adjustment, but not quick enough. Yeah, this game kind of. I picked Utah in this game, and then we went over that in the show. So if anyone wants to make fun of me, go watch I last week's show. Yeah, but uh, I thought Nola played played really well, really well, and, and I agree with Brian. I think Utah just didn't execute here, and picking in this league just continues to baffle me. Next one up, Old Glory going into Houston. Another one that we thought maybe the Sabercats at home and which Sabercats team is going to show up. Old Glory gets the job done on the road, Brian. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was rainy, it was mucky, uh, handling wasn't the best. This is another one, another interesting decision. Early on, Houston uh, really, uh, you know, had Old Glory on the, you know, on the defensive and they just picked the automatic three in front of the post, uh, you know, at a penalty from about six meters out. I think they could have gone for a scrum or something. I understand the decision conditions weren't great, you know, risk of, of a turnover maybe, but I kind of wish they'd gone for a try and really gone a little bit more aggressive in this one than they did. So, uh, you know, I just, I just think in the end, Oh, glory played the, uh, the conditions a little better. The scrum was a little bit better in that game. The, you know, good, good win on the road for them. Tough conditions. Oh, glory handled better. And again, I just felt like Old Glory had more to play for. It, they're still in touch with the East and much needed win for them down there on the road. So that big test this week, though. Huge win for Old Glory. Huge win. And, you know, on the road, they, they showed some moxie and they got a big win to just make it even more interesting in that Eastern Conference. We also had New York and New England. As kind of a guy out on the outside looking in as an Arrows fan, what do you think of the, the uh, teams at the top of the table? I mean, it's hard to pick every week. That's why I'm here in this library. I'm trying to learn, try to pick up tips. I mean, this game uh, kind of went the way I think we all kind of thought it was going to go. I mean, New York's four is just a little bit stronger. We saw they had a couple, you know, driving wall tries. And then I think their depth at the end, the last one in that heat, you know, is a bit breezy, but it's hot out there, right? So that last 20 minutes, they just had more depth on the bench to, to kind of reach into. I mean, you get a guy like Chris Matina coming out there and, and putting in 20 minutes. That's, you know, he's, he's, he's not looking at a place in a starting lineup in MLR. So to have those kind of guys to, to pull off the bench, uh, just was a step above uh, a step above New England, who had two brand are new you, players coming. Are up you disparaging team. Chris Matina, who came in and slotted a key kick? Disparage? Yeah. I just thought he was. I just said he was good. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I heard it that way. I think it was like a backwards compliment. Dan, was he slagging? I just I just came off the streets of New York, Ryan. You better watch it with that <laughs> mouth of yours. You say that in New York, you may not get out of the city. You mightn't be so lucky, but. Matthew, we were both there for this one. It's the first in-person game I've done in uh, probably 18 months, so March yeah. 
2020. So eh, not 18 months, but a long time. And I was in person. I got to see you. I got to physically touch you and shake you and, and, and uh, Steve Lewis and a bunch of the other people out there. But I got to give credit here. Andy Ellis got player of the match. Very nearly went to Harry Bennett because of the situation he found himself in, replacing Holland's head, a lot of pressure coming in, hadn't played a lot of minutes this year, in fact, in the last two years, and he comes out with an unreal performance. So just dominated the first half, kicked really well into a strong breeze, controlled the tempo in, in attack, had a hand in a few tries, scored a try himself in the second half, and then off at 60 minutes, which I think was a planned substitution by the sound of it. Connor McManus, man, Andy Ellis, Probably play the year out, but New York have an absolute gem in Conor McManus. That kid is just such a high-energy, high-work-rate player. I really like the looks of him. And for, for New England, it's a tough loss on the road. You know, winning on the road's hard on the Eastern Conference, so you've got to take those wins when you can get them. Kicking it dead twice in the first half really hurt. Like, that's an 80-meter turnaround. And the 240-yard rolling mall in the second half by... <laughs> Yeah, it, it was weird because it kind of splintered, but the mall stayed together, and then New York's like, ah, you know, truck and trailer, and the refs like, well, no, it's actually the same mall, so it can't be, and they kept going. It was this little moment of confusion, and by the time New York tried to get back around, Conradi uh, had busted, and there was just no one at home. And yeah, it's one of the ones I think both coaching styles are probably watch on the tape, and someone's going to be like, well, we messed up there, or we got lucky yeah. there, or whatever it was. But yeah, it was great to be back, Matt. Great to, yeah. to be in, in New York City, and a good win for, for Rugby United, too. It absolutely was a great performance from from uh, from Has Hasbeno, as he uh, calls himself online. But this, the way he was just, you know, his hands, how fast they were. He'd get the ball from Ellis and immediately ship it. I mean, how fast did it get from from him and then Foden uh, and then Fuatai to uh, Thakam Balavu out on the wing? And then he scores and, and he had miles of space. It was so fast. So I thought I was really impressed with how uh, quick his delivery was. And he's playing uh, flat on the line. So uh, really, it was an impressive performance from him. How about that backup fly half? For New York, Andy Ellis. Andy Ellis. <laughs> Just, you know, let me shift from nine to ten. Didn't uh, they rename an island for him? That's Just Andy Ellis Coast Island. There? I Andy love Ellis it. Island. Yeah. Matt McCarthy on fire at about one a.m. I don't know what you're talking about, but it was fun not being able to get an Uber downtown and having to take the subway at twelve thirty a.m. That's a whole Sorry. different story. Atlanta on the road, all the way up to the Pacific Northwest. Scott Lawrence's troops, no way they're going to win at Starfire. Well, I mean, it's interesting to say that because I think we all picked ATL to win. Uh, I got to give credit to Dan for uh, predicting, you know, I mentioned the the narrow pitch at Starfire. And I mean, it, it worked out perfectly for ATL, the way their defense is structured. They just completely shut down Seattle. I mean, the second half, Seattle was parked in their end for about 20 minutes and then two yellow cards to ATL and they still couldn't get through that defense. It was just airtight. So uh, pretty impressive defensive showing from, from ATL, but they picked their spots offensively as well. Adrian Carls with a couple really nice breaks and that nice little grubber to set up a scorer at the end too. So uh, yeah, just a strong road victory for ATL. They didn't look like, you know, necessarily world beaters, but they went and, and they looked, it was a professional job on the road to pick up the bonus point win. Dan, you know what I like about ATL is that there are all, always the, the Atlanta jerseys, a bunch of them, around every play, defensively mm. or line support. And we've seen line support, a lack thereof, kill some great runs into the open by some backs or some whomever this year. Yeah, we talked a few weeks ago, defining games, right? Austin going to New England, they lost there. Uh, Utah going to NOLA, NOLA going to San Diego. 
three losses, right, for defining games, all three teams. Uh, we said ATL. This is a defining game. Going on a long, long road trip. Seattle improving, getting better every week at home. They're very tough up there. I, I was super impressed. Like defensively, that was a really great effort for them to keep Seattle out that entire 80 minutes there. And I just walk away from that game so impressed with what Scott Lawrence is doing, uh, what ATL is doing, the players. Carlos are moving to 10. Like it's his natural position. I agree with Brian. I'm like, he's doing so well at 15. Don't don't rock the boat. Just let him play 15. Yeah. And then, wow, he's just been added another level at 10. So uh, super impressed with ATL. And, and they go on the road, defining game, and they get a win. So it puts them in a great spot, number one in the East. So it's uh, good times to be a rattlesnake, right? Yeah. So Dan, you were number one in the East this weekend. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back with predictions and previews after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. back dan power matt mccarthy and brian ray brian we've got no weekend ahead of us gets easier you know especially when we're trying to decide who's going to win or lose but also because of the points and the you know the table points and who's at first what's on second you got toronto your boys going into new england this is one that a lot of eyeballs are going to be on yeah, this is, uh, I think if we're going to call it a must win, it is uh, maybe for both teams. I don't know. I, I, I Absolutely. Yeah, I, I certainly feel that way for Toronto. This could be a pivotal game. Uh, you know, coming off a of bye week, they've had a chance to kind of rest uh, after, you know, nine straight weeks of hard slogging. I think they're going to have a couple guys like Tukule is probably going to come back, I think, for this one. So that's a big boost for them. And, uh, you know, New England at home, I mean, they won both their games there so far. So they're obviously going to be uh, up for this one. So I I'm very much looking forward to this. Obviously, I'm picking the arrows to come through this one. But, uh, man, uh, this is going to be an exciting game. Dan, Tukulet, not Tukule, right? Let's let's get it right out right now, Ray. Right now, it's we not the French Canadian pronunciation. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around Dutoy or Dutois with Brian, so I've just given up with names. It's Dutois. Yeah, it's on video. Anywho, Dan. Yeah, de defining game right on the road for Toronto off the bye. I think the bye sometimes hurt teams this year. Uh, that we've seen the bye actually be quite you know, detrimental to, to momentum. New England have got a run here of six games. I think they're probably going to win four out of the six, potentially five out of the six. I think this is going to be the one that slips them up, though. Yeah, this is a tough one to call because New England kind of changes personality week to week if they can stay out of the sin bin. And Toronto, as Brian pointed out, if they get Tuchelette back, 
uh, that back line is dynamic. You know, took a lot just really making all those other guys better. Lesage having a great year. Montero, the beast on the wing. Very exciting back line. And this is going to be a tough, tough battle. I think, I think Toronto takes this one in a squeaky bum type victory. The next one up, Houston going into San Diego. Dan, who is San Diego? Joe Peterson is playing. I'll pick San Diego. If not, who knows anymore? Um, they are six points back from second place right now. Crazy. So it, it is crazy, but they could make a run. They've got some reinforcements coming in. The uh, the Bush Ranger Paddy Ryan will be here in a couple of weeks, which is another huge asset they're going to have up front. That set piece is going to look really good when he's yeah. there and just galvanizes that pack like he's a hard man and a uh, great man, but a hard man, like in a good way. And um, yeah, I, I, I think at this point, Houston can just embrace their role as spoiler uh, for the rest of the year and maybe try out, give some young guys a shot, change some positions, kind of have an eye towards 2022, which is crazy to say that at a halfway point, but I kind of feel like that's unfortunately where they're trending and, and then maybe tell some guys, listen, you're playing for your contract here in the next seven, eight weeks. So let's see what you got and away you go. Brian, are we going to see a flurry of trades like at the trading deadline and other sports with teams that think they're out of it? We haven't really seen that yet in MLR heavy. I mean, we've seen it, the odd trade here and there, but we haven't seen that, you know, building towards a playoff run. So I don't know, maybe that kind of a North American sporting aspect creeps its way into major league rugby as well. I mean, what would the, uh, you know, what would the rugby aficionados around the world think of that kind of thing? Well, this is America. It's capitalism. It's the way we do sports here. And, you know, you can trade for foreign player slots. You can trade for the draft pick, which could impact your team. Who knows? But, you know, I think teams are going to start getting creative. And also it just generates buzz, too. But you do have the difficulty of moving players from city to city on the budgets that they're on and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it would kind of have to be some kind of swap where it's cash might be involved, too, which that could get a little tricky. Yeah, Throw it out, Matt. Who who would you trade? Well, who's out of it? You'd say right now, just Seattle and Houston. I wouldn't say team. anybody's out of it. You two are slandering teams, slamming oh, yeah. them to the ground and ripping apart their their whole organizations. And I'm saying everybody's still in it. So Los Angeles going into Atlanta. Giltinis versus the Rattlers. It almost feels like for the third or fourth week in a row, we've got one versus two. So as the tables let's keep shifting. But it is one versus two. LA's last trip to the East Coast wasn't a great trip and Atlanta can play the same style of rugby that New York played on that day and it's going to be hot in Atlanta. It's going to be sticky. It's going to be messy and it plays into what ATL do well. So this will be a good game for uh, LA to prove perhaps that they can handle the travel, they can play on the road, they can play in a tough environment and they can still get the win. So I'll give the advantage to LA because I think they deserve it. They've got the the runs on the board with that only that one loss. But I, I could totally see this being their second loss on the year if ATL get firing early down there. Probably going to be a massive crowd for this one too. Is Gitto going to make the trip? You, well, that's a great question because after New York, like you'd almost think he has to, right? Like you, you they've got a good lead on the, on the West Coast Conference. They probably want the number one seed overall though. Um, we don't know how the, the final is going to work in terms of a venue, but in seasons past, it's the highest seed hosts the final. So right. LA is going to want to host the final. Yeah, you go, you go LA, but I go, yeah, 
it's going to be a really good game. Really intriguing because great defense versus a beautiful uh, flowing offense down there. Man, this is so close. I want to pick ATL to upset uh, LA at home. I think they have it in them, but I just think that that uh, that little bit of rest difference is going to help LA uh, maybe get over their own travel uh, situation heading over there. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, LA, but uh, I think this is going to be very close. And hey, this could be a precursor to the final if you think about it. You're thinking this could be a precursor to the final. Possibly. I, mean, I think it's going to be ATL or the Arrows in the East uh, are looking like the top oh, you're two. Still, so. You're still clinging to that. You're still going to your quiver. I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, and you know what? I can't I can't argue with that. You, you're you're a, you're a good Canadian, Brian. <laughs> Brian Ray, good Canadian. Yeah, he's the best Canadian I've ever met. <laughs> you can die now, Brian. But before you do, let's go to the next one. Austin going into Utah. If San Diego don't get running like and we'll know, you know, that result of that game with San Diego and Houston at this point. If Houston upset them, then you kind of say, well, San Diego's out of it. This is now the battle for number two. And this could be the difference, this game here, uh, on who wins this game. Because they've already played down in Austin, start of the year. So this is the return one now. And Austin lost the opening game. So if they lose both, that tiebreaker, if they end up pretty tight at the end, there's not going to look good for Austin. So they really have to get this win here on the road. Brian, how does Utah win this one? Well, they just got to execute. I mean, they just made those th- mistakes as we were talking about in the uh, – uh, against Nola, just these little problems that they have. So if they can get their line out uh, sorted out, if they can, you know, get their decision making of these little split second decisions, the 50 50 calls that in their minds just haven't been going their way. So if they can get those to just shift in their direction a little bit, then, uh, then yeah, I think they've got a fighting chance at this one, you know, Austin, a very tough team, but Austin's hurting a bit. They've had a couple other injuries they picked up in that game against LA. So, you know, they're digging deep a bit into the, uh, the war chest to see who they can haul out. So I'm interested to see what uh, kind of lineup they put out for this. Man, this is a close game. This is a pivotal game in that division. You have to think so. Uh, I don't know who to pick, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin and go with uh, Utah at home in a very, very close match. Can Sean Pittman get his guys recovered and back on and positive again? I think so. But I just think that the Gilgronies, even beaten up as they are, are the better team. And, but they, they they lost in New England, right? So I'm going Utah. I'm going Utah in this one. I just changed it up. Boom. And then we've got New York going into D.C., another critical Eastern Conference match. Old glory. You thought they were dead and out of it, and they're back in the middle of it. You thought the Free Jacks were making a step up the ladder, and now they're kind of going back and forth. But, you know, there's a lot of rugby to be played and a lot of points to be taken, Brian. Is this another must win for both teams? I mean, I just, <laughs> every game. Yeah. Is just I mean, every game in the East now is a must oh. win for everybody. Uh, you, you, must know, get, I, you must get points. I, I liked how New York looked in that game against New England. You know, and, and Old Glory looked, you know, pretty good. You have to say on the road in messy conditions against Houston. So they're going to be happier at home. Is Nick Savetta going to play in this? I no. think that's okay. Savetta's so, out for a couple of three weeks, probably. Okay, so, you know, that maybe evens the scales a little bit for, for Old Glory. So, man, this is a close one to call. Uh, I'm leaning toward, you know, it's a little bit of a shorter trip uh, as far as the travel thing goes. So, but there is a little bit of it's like six aspect. beers on the train. Yeah. So I, I'm leaning towards New York, but geez, this is another really close one. I, I certainly think that Old Glory has uh, what it takes to, to get the win here. I'm going to go with New York again and 
like New York by three. You just, I just thought you were completely going to pick Old Glory the way you just, did you, 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 it was a cliffhanger. You, I love the way you suck us in and then. It's Dan, my brain. He's good it's at just, that. He's good. At, that's why he's the best Canadian. These internal oh, wow. battles upstairs. It just, uh, you can't make a decision from one second to the next. Yep. I'm, I'm on the fence with this one too, Brian, because I think I've seen better rugby out of New York than I have seen out of Old Glory this year, but this could be the game where Old Glory just turn up and put you know 40 points on New York, just the way MLR has been this year. Savetta's missing is going to be huge. I, I, I don't think you appreciate the influence he has outside of the line out in that game. Uh, sorry, on that team. like He's a really big anchor on the scrum. He provides a lot of stability at the scrum. They had some issues there as soon as he went off. Old Glory's got a pretty decent scrum. I was looking forward to Stan South versus Nick Savetto at the line out too. It would have been a great little battle, but I'm not going to see it, not, at least not this week. I'll, I'll just for, you know, to, to keep it interesting, I'll go for Old Glory. I think they clicked this weekend. I think, uh, yeah, I have no logical reason why other than just to make this show interesting holland said it's probably going to be back uh do you, do you start him over harry bennett or do you run with the hot hand well the hot holland said hot had the hot hand prior i mean he's at the top of the table and isn't he in the league leader in points score or kicks made or something he's, he's who, up there with the leaders uh, and he's, you're a base you're a baseball guy matt who was the yankees guy who took a day off and never got his job back well wally pip and who was Luke the guy Eric. who took his job Luke Eric, that's right. Luke Eric, yeah. I was trying Iron to remember Rose. that. Wally Pip had a headache. That. Yeah. But, you know, they're getting Holland's head back. Uh, Charlie Hewitt will probably be back. That would have that would soften the blow of losing Savetta. Uh, you can also, if you have that, you can use Evan Minturn in the second row to start that game. And he had he had a pretty good game. He's He's been a good player in spurts, but he's in that foreign slot player thing. I think New York's going to win this one. <laughs> by five points just call me crazy you're crazy baby yeah so all right so final thoughts no covid cases shutting down teams we're already halfway through the season brian i feel like i'm just gonna say the same thing every week when you ask me this question i'm just thrilled that everything has gone the way it's going uh, i'm thrilled that every game is compelling and uh here we are I'm, I'm here in the library for a reason i'm trying to find answers to help me for the rest of the season. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And Dan, did you get in trouble for cutting that piece of Eddie the Fop Ford sports complex turf out of the ground to take it with you? I, saw, you know, I got that on camera. The memorabilia, it's going to be worth millions one day when uh, New York's the most expensive franchise in the world of sport. Don't worry about that. Hey, quick shout out to Jesuit Rugby out in Sacramento. Repping them for my boy, Lou Stanfield. Had a fundraiser on the weekend to raise some money out there. Big Lou. Everyone knows Big Lou. Great guy. So just repping the Jesuit this weekend. Uh, looking like they're actually going to start getting back to some rugby soon. So it's exciting for all the kids playing high school rugby around the country. So fingers crossed we keep trending in the right direction. They'll be back playing this fall. Kudos for that, for Lou, one of my favorite people on the planet. On that note, on behalf of Mr. Brian Ray and Mr. Dan Power, I'm Matt McCarthy. Thank you for tuning in. And when you're waiting for us for our next show, check out our other segments, which include our Major League Rugby show, our Global Rugby Recap, What Are the Odds, our Major League Rugby Sports Bet show with the Philly Godfather, John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE legend, and Gifty Baylou, Martial Law, the Zach Attack. And please sign up for our American Red Cross Rugby Wrap-Up Blood Donor Team.